So let's pray. Would that be good? Can I pray? Nice. Did you hear that? God is speaking to somebody tonight. Yeah. Father God, thank you for tonight. I pray that I wouldn't make too much noise tonight, that I'd stay from behind the speakers and not get in front of them. Ask that you'd bless tonight, that you'd speak through your word. God, I, I just pray as, as we open up your word, Father, that you would till our soil, that you'd help our soil to be able to produce, produce fruit. God, I, I just lift up tonight and pray against distractions. I pray just for peace be still over our hearts and that, God, we'd be listening to what it is that you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So tonight I'm talking about growth. Imagine that. Whoa. I'm going to go like this. It's not the speakers? Okay. Just to proceed. It must be, don't pay any attention to the man, the woman, and the child over behind the curtain. Okay? Okay, so guys, I'm going to talk to you about the parable of the soils. I'm going to talk a little better. Yeah, it sounds good. It's a little loud, a little hot. But uh, if you want to grow, I want you to get this in your head. If you want to grow, you have to have good soil. So I'm going to put my phone up in a second. So I, I went in, yeah. Eleven through fifteen, right? So I went to the dollar store today and I bought some bird seed, and I took it to the cashier and I, I asked the cashier. I said, "So how long does it take for a bird to grow once you plant it?" <laughs> Sorry. 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 You're going to have to listen. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give you a bunch of jokes tonight, but I, I will tell you that if you pay attention, you might get something from tonight. So let's, let's look at Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verses 4 through, through 8 to start with. Now I'm going to read it up here because I have the Amplified. Do you have that, Josh? Are you with me? Luke chapter, Luke is spelled L-U-K-E. <laughs> I'm pretty funny, aren't I? Luke chapter 4, or no, Luke chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. Okay, maybe I'll just read it. So, and when a very great throng was gathering together and people from town after town kept coming to Jesus, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow seed. And as he sowed, some fell among the traveled path and was trodden underfoot and the birds of the air ate it up. And some seed fell on the rock and as soon as it sprouted, it withered away because it had no moisture. 
And the other seed fell in the midst of the thorns, and the thorns grew up and with it and choked it off. And some seed fell into good soil and grew up and yielded a crop of a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him be listening, and let him consider and understand by hearing. So basically he said, Whoever has ears, listen. It's important, you know. And, and all of the disciples are sitting there, and everybody's sitting there thinking, what is he talking about? <laughs> they, they did. They're like, and so they asked him. They pulled him aside, and they asked him. And so his answer is in verse 11. He says, now the meaning of the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. That's this. That's the seed. Those along the traveled road are the people who have heard. Then the devil comes and carries away the message out of their hearts that they may not believe. So in those that are upon the rocky soil are the people, when they hear the word, they receive and welcome it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of trial and temptations fall away from the word. And uh, verse 14 goes on to say, and as for what fell among the thorns, these are the people who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked and suffocated with anxieties and cares and riches of pleasure of life, and their fruit does not ripen. But as for the seed in the good soil, these are the people who hear the word, hold it fast in a just and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth fruit with patience. I, I went to a conference in uh, Spokane, Washington, 30 years ago. It was about 29 years ago. It was a Christian's Workers Conference. And there was a guy there named Jake Cardi, and uh, he played basketball for the Lakers. So he had my attention, because I was a Lakers fan, huge Lakers fan. And I'd never remembered him playing. Um, apparently, he played backup to um, Wilt Chamberlain when Wilt Chamberlain was playing for him. And Chamberlain was really good. And he, hard, I mean, he scored 100 points in a game one time. That's how good Wilt Chamberlain was. He was that much bigger and that much stronger and faster than everybody. Um, but uh, he, he talked about these, these verses here. And, and basically what he was saying was he believes that unless you're the good soil, you don't get to go to heaven. That's what he's saying if, you know, there's, there's some people that, that pray and ask Jesus into their heart and then they just kind of wander off and do their own thing for the rest of their life. They're the ones that get the cares of the world that get in their way and pull them away. Basically, he's saying, unless you receive it and produce fruit, you're not saved. There's a lot of discussion about that in different circles. But, huh? Is he dead? I don't know. He was alive then, but he was older. I don't know if that he's alive today. Um, probably 80. He's probably 80-something now. Jake, 
Hardy, I think was his name, H-A-R-D-Y. He wrote a book called uh, Something's Fishy. <laughs> a couple other books. But, but it's interesting that the seed that he's talking about is the Word of God. That's God's Word. And, and the soil on the first one, the path was hard, and so the, the seed didn't get inside. For whatever reason, they didn't listen, or if they listened, they didn't care. So they just didn't even think about it. It just, so, so that's the, the hard path. There's a warning, don't have a hard heart. Don't have a stubborn heart. Listen. Um, the second one has to do with that there was rocky. I don't know if you've ever been up in the hills around here, but it's pretty rocky around here. <laughs> a lot of places. Rocky mountains. They are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank. I'm glad you're paying attention. So, I mean that that's the way it is. So sometimes things don't grow very good. I I know we lived in the Bitterroot and we had soil that was four feet deep, just beautiful loam, and we could grow a garden. I mean I had corn that was this tall. I had I had beets and broccoli and lettuce and. How, huh? No, we didn't have any. We didn't plant any bitterroot flowers. But we were in the bitterroot, and we had really good soil. And it was a longer growing season. We moved to Butte, and I planted it. I had a little garden spot in the back behind my house. It got evening sun, but no morning sun, and uh, stuff just didn't grow there. I, I just, I couldn't get anything to really grow other than the lettuce. I got lettuce to grow, but my peppers didn't get, my tomatoes didn't have long enough time. It just, it just wasn't long enough. So it was hard work, but, and it was a little rocky out there. It's not that deep. It didn't have that much room for all those, the, the roots to get down deep and get, get the good soil and get the water and all the things. So I, uh, that's the rocky soil. The bad soil, I mean, you, you have the one that was soil, and it didn't have rocks, but it had weeds in it. And I don't know if you've ever tried to grow a garden, but it's, it's work to keep the weeds out, no matter where you are. It's, it's hard work. You got to... God did. So don't get crabby on me. It, it, it is. Yeah, you got to pick it. So... so Weeds are, you have to do the work. But the good soil, it's interesting, they didn't have any weeds. It was good soil. And, and so what I want you to think on is, okay, what, where is my heart? What is my heart about? Because Isaac read the verse. You know, whatever your treasure is has to do with your heart. Right? Wherever you're, whatever's in your heart, that's your treasure. Whatever you're, you're treasuring up in your heart, that's what you're after. And, and God wants you to be open to him. If, 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 I, if, if I say one thing to you tonight, I want to tell you that God loves you, that Jesus loves you. He, I mean, he poured his heart out for you. He died for you. He loves you. He, 
He wants you to be good soil. He wants you to pay attention when, when you read his word. Right, Jada? Right. He, he, he wants you to pay attention when you're reading his word. Because if you're not paying attention when you're reading, if you're just reading, it's interesting. I, I went to church at a different church this weekend. We were, went to Polson. I have a niece who is the worship leader this summer at a church. And uh, she was a kindred spirit to Katie. She's, <laughs> she's going to college at... Uh, it's uh, Concordia College. It's the same college that Michelle Hebert went to. It's in uh, Moorhead, Minnesota. And uh, she, she came home and their worship leader had left. And said so they needed a worship leader and they hired her as, this summer to do an internship in leading worship. And so my wife and my daughter and her friend and I went and joined them and went to church there. And they had a, a pastor 85-year-old pastor. Yeah. I mean, I'm 60-something, I'm and this guy's 85, and he's preaching the Word. And I'm telling you, he came out, and he shared a hard verse. He shared a verse in John that, that was the one where Jesus said, you must eat my, my body and drink my blood if you want anything to do with the kingdom of God. You must do that. And it's a hard verse, and a lot of people walked away when they heard that. But he shared that, and he shared a message, and one of the things that, that he talked about is that he reads the Bible a lot, and he reads a lot of other things. And when he reads, he's an information junkie. He likes information. But he said, when you read the Bible, it shouldn't be about information. It should be about revelation. It was really good. It was like, I'm going to share that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> um, when you read, you should be looking for what God's telling you. So that, you know, I, I, I heard this one time, how long should I read my Bible? And the answer is until God speaks to you. You know, that's how long you need to, to read each day. Read till God speaks to you and tells you something. And when he does, listen to it. Gleam on it. That's how you're going to produce fruit. It's interesting, you know, because it says that, it's going to produce fruit a hundred times the amount of fruit. So one seed's not just going to put out one piece of fruit, it's going to put out a hundred. That's a lot. I mean, if you've ever seen a tree with a hundred pieces of fruit on it, now cherry trees, they might have thousands on them, but, you know, some fruit trees don't get that much. You know, you might have a, 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 an orange tree or a pear tree. To get hundreds on a, on a fruit tree, that's a good thing. So, I want to open up to, to Galatians chapter 5. Because the question is, what is fruit? What do, you guys, what do you guys think the fruit is that God's talking about here? Throw out some answers. What do you think the fruit is they're talking about here? I don't think so. So, so that's a good one. Yes. That, and, and that's what we're going to read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a crunch bar. How's that? 
<laughs> no, I was trying to take Jade out. <laughs> Sorry, it was a bad shot. So, so Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And 24 and 26. So, so in Galatians 5, 22, it says, but the fruit, I'll read it up here, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Yeah. So, so, so that's the start. And if you'll pull up 24 through 26, I'm going to read that next, Josh. But, but, but think through that. That's, that's fruit of the Spirit. So when the Spirit gives you things, I mean, if think about this. If you think love, right? Jesus said, I mean, Paul said, if you don't have love, you're just making noise, right? You got to have love. Of, of the three biggies, faith, hope, and love, love is big, Right? If you don't have love, you're just making noise. Joy. I don't know about you, but if you don't have joy, nobody's going to want what you got. I, I'm just telling you, nobody's going to want what you got. If you don't find joy in your life and, and in your situations, you're going to have a hard time in life, and nobody's going to want what you got. I know I had a lady come into my office, and she was so bitter. I mean, I, I, I tried to talk to her about God and she didn't want anything to do with God in the midst of our conversation because she's bitter. And so I prayed for her. I, I'm, I'm going to continue to pray for her. I might get an opportunity to, uh, to help her, but she doesn't have joy. And I was like, oh my gosh. So peace. I, I don't know about you guys, but... Hey, somebody got some water? she needs peace we just declare peace over her right now in jesus name we say peace be still so these are the fruits of the spirit peace and then it goes on it goes on to patience i'm telling you if you have patience you're going to get a long ways in this world the pe- people that don't have patience have a hard time in life. They really do, you know. They don't have joy either because they they're don't have patience. Kindness, I'm, I'm, kindness. There's there's nothing better than when somebody exhibits kindness to you. Uh, you know, like like if somebody. I, I, I saw it in a grocery store not long ago. I was in a grocery store and there was two people in front of me. There was a lady that didn't have enough money. And I was going to buy it, but the person in front of me said, I'll get it. I'll get whatever she doesn't have. You know, paid it forward. Helped her. You know, and, it, and, and she just like, she was embarrassed, but she felt kindness. And not because he just wanted her to get out of his way so he can go. He did it because he was kind. 
And, and that was, I mean, he stole my blessing because I was going to do it, but he was too quick. Um, but, it, but it's something that he's blessed by it, by kindness. And, and we, should, we should always look for opportunities. And that's a fruit of the Spirit. When you're kind, that comes from God. Goodness. That, what, what else can you say about goodness? I mean, my goodness, right? It's good stuff. That's, pe- people want things that are good. So if you're good to people, that you're, you're being kind to them. Faithfulness. You know, being there when you tell somebody you're going to do something, there's nothing worse than not following through and disappointing somebody. Um, it just, it breaks people's heart. Be faithful. Faithfulness comes from God. He's faithful. He never breaks his promise. He's always going to be there for you. Um, gentleness. It's, there's nothing worse than somebody who's <laughs> abrupt and mean and and I can do that sometimes, and I know God speaks to me when I do. God wants us to be gentle, to, to be soft to people. I have a loud voice. Sometimes I'm not, but uh, that's one. And self-control. Self-control is important. Those are all fruits of the Spirit, and those are things that God will help you through if you're growing. If you're going to have soil in your body that's going to grow the seed you got to allow God to work in you because that's the fruit of the Spirit because that fruit of the Spirit comes from the Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus through faith, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and those are the fruits of the Spirit. That's not the only fruit that you're going to have because bringing people to Christ, discipling somebody, um, just helping people, those are things that God wants you to do. He wants you to do that. There's a progression if, you, if you're good soil, when the Word of God is in your heart, you water it, you let it grow, you share it. You don't be hard, you don't be rocky, you don't, be, you don't allow weeds to get in, you just allow the fruit to, to, to get in through you. It's interesting, I've been reading the book of Acts, and it's stirring in me some good stuff. The, the seed is planting in me. And it's, it's giving me some things because I, I just know God wants us to do what they did in the Bible, in, in the book of Acts. So chapter 3. I, I don't know if you guys know Peter's story. I've talked about Peter a lot. Peter was the guy that he... Jesus was walking on the water. He wanted to walk on the water. When... when, when Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. He said, I'm not going to deny you. I will defend you to my death. You know, that, that, was, that was Peter. He was, he was like, he always spoke what was on his mind, and he, he was forward, and he was the first one to say, you are the Christ. When, when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. You know, when Jesus said, when this pastor, he said the verse about the eating his body and drinking his blood. You know, everybody left. They left, and, and Jesus said, how about you? And Peter said, no way. You have the words of life. I'm not going anywhere. You know, that was Peter. But then when it got hard, and, and there he was, he, you know, Jesus told him, you know, that Satan wanted to sift him like wheat. You know, you just want to take him and just sift him like wheat. And and Peter gave in, you know, the, to a teenage girl. 
a teenage servant girl came up to him and says, you were, one, you were with him, you were one of them. And he said, no, not me. Somebody else came up to him and said the same thing. And he says, no, I wasn't with him. I didn't even know him. And the third time somebody accused him of knowing Jesus and being with him, Peter swore. I mean, it, he, he wanted to show, hey, there's no way I know him. You know, he denied him three times. And then he heard the rooster crow. And then, yeah. And, he, and when he heard the rooster crow, he looked over to Jesus. And guess what? Jesus was looking back at him. That's what it says. I mean, could you imagine his heart? When that happened, Peter was broken. He, he ran out. He, he was like, he wept, he cried, he was broken. But he let that spirit, when the spirit came in him, he let it cultivate. He let it take root. And, and he, he wasn't the first evangelist because the woman at the well was, right? She was the first evangelist. She was the first one that went out. She went out before Peter and brought the whole community. But Peter, when, when, when the Holy Spirit came on him in Acts through, through that, the, the day of Pentecost, Peter was bold. I mean, he spoke some hard words. He, he laid it all out. And 3,000 people surrendered to him at one time. And it says they were all baptized. They said, what should we do? And he says, believe and be baptized. Repent, he said. Believe and be baptized. And they did. 3,000 souls that day. But in chapter 3 of Acts, it says uh, in chapter 1, or chapter 3, verse 1, it said, I'm going to just read some of this. It's interesting because you got to kind of get this. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, which is three o'clock in the afternoon. And when a certain man crippled from his birth was being carried along, who was laid each day at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, so that he might, he might beg for charitable gifts from those who entered the temple. So when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them to give him a gift. Right? Pretty simple. Just, hey, you got some money so I can get some coffee or something, right? And it says, Peter directed his gaze intently at him. And so did John and said, look at us. And the man paid attention to them, expecting that he was going to get something from them. But Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Yeah, bam. It says, then he took a hold of the man's right hand with a firm grip and raised him up. Peter was bold. He heard God tell him to heal this man, and he did it. And then he, with his faith, he reached out with his hand and helped him up. And it says, when he did that, he says, at once his feet and ankle bones became strong and steady. And leaping forth, he stood and began to walk, and he went into the temple with them, leaping and praising God. He, they made quite a stir. He was jumping around. He was excited. I mean, that was, that's pretty exciting stuff. I mean, he, this man was 40-something years old, and he's never walked on his own in his whole life. And immediately, by the faith of Peter, who believed that God would heal him, reached out and said, walk, and picked him up, and he jumped around. He was healed. It was a miracle. Everybody was like, holy cow, they've seen this guy every day when they came to the temple. And here's this guy healed. I mean, that's faith. That was produced by good soil. And if you let your soil be cultivated and you grow, you can do the same things. It, it's crazy. I, uh, 
I remember I was a brand new Christian. I gave my life to Christ. I, I had prayed to receive Christ when I was 14 years old, and I heard God speak to me many times when I was a kid, but my life never reflected it. It wasn't until I was 31 when I realized I needed to give my life to the Lord that I started, I started reading the Bible every day, and I read, I read the Bible in, in, in about four months. I read the whole Bible all the way through. I, got, I just devoured it. But I, re- I was reading Acts, and I was playing on the softball field, right? Playing softball, church league softball. And I hear this guy, he's, he's he running into third base, and he slides. And you just heard this loud pop. And I knew the sound because I blew my knee out once before, and I heard, I've heard cartilage go. And he started screaming. I mean, he was in pain. Kind of like, like Jada's going to be in a minute if she doesn't pay attention, right? So he was in pain. He's screaming. I mean, I, I just, I can hear him. He's just screaming. And, and my coach, who's, who's the pastor of the church, is the third baseman. And I, I'm going to a Baptist church, right? And, and he's, he's a Baptist minister, and he sees this guy screaming, and he just backs off. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. And I'm, I'm the pitcher, right? And I'm, I'm right there. I could hear it. And I'm like, and I heard God say, pray for him. Okay. Right? You, you hear God tell you to do something, do it. So I did. So I went over and I said, can I pray for you? And he's, he's like, ah, yeah, don't touch it. And I, I laid my hand on it. I just said, be healed in Jesus' name. That's all I said. And, and he stopped screaming. He stopped crying. He, his eyes opened up. He looked at me. And he got this look. And he was like, he looked down at his knee and he kind of moved it back and forth. He stood up. He walked around. He finished the game. I don't know if he blew his, muscle, his knee out or not, or if he was just a dramatic person. But I, I, I mean, there are some, some drama people out there, right? But I heard it pop, and, and the way he was screaming, I, I knew he blew his knee out. I just knew it, and God told me to pray. I heard it, and I prayed for him, and he finished the game. And when he got up and walked, out, walked around, my pastor, who heard it and saw it and witnessed it, looked up at me and was like, what just happened? He had this look, because Baptists don't do that. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's not something Baptists usually do. You know, they, you know, but I was reading this like the week before that, that you, you pray for people when they're in pain and when they're hurting. And I did that. And that's, that's what God wants us to do. And there was fruit that night. You know, my pastor later said, I've never seen anything like that before. I said, me neither. <laughs> it was new to me, but you got to do what God calls you to do. It's interesting, but they went on and they, uh, they started sharing what had happened because everybody was curious and had everybody's attention. And so Paul, in his bold, or Peter, in his boldness, preached another message. And it says that it was getting stirred up and the word got around to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they come down and they decided they're going to arrest these guys. But even though 
he didn't get them to the point where to tell them how to pray or whatever. They came and arrested him and took him away and put him in jail for the night. But it says 2,000 people believed in what Peter said that day. It's interesting. They didn't say they got baptized, but they were saved and they believed and they were added. So um, I'm sure they got baptized later, but it's interesting. Um, it's another message, right? But, but then it's, they go in and they take them and they put them in jail for the night. And it says... I'm reading down. It's in chapter 4. They, uh, they just kind of brought him in front and they, they started asking him questions. They started saying, what happened here? You know, how'd you do this? And, and they boldly said it was through Jesus. It was, were you not, not sleeping, not paying attention? You should read through this stuff. It'll really challenge you. But, but they, they, they got together and they did a huddle in, in verses, uh, starting in verse 8. It says, they, they accused them, and Peter in verse 8 says, Because he was filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people, members of the council of the Sanhedrin, if you're being put on trial here, if we are being put on trial here and examined concerning a good deed done to benefit the feeble cripple, by what means this man has been restored to health, let it be known and understood by all of you and by the whole house of Israel that in the name and through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, in him and by means of him, this man is standing here before you well and sound in body. This Jesus is the stone which was despised and rejected by you, the builders by which but has become the head of the cornerstone. And there is salvation in and through no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by and in which we must be saved. This is the same man that, that wouldn't even say he knew Jesus to a teenage girl standing in front of these guys changed because of the soul that the spirit of God that's in him and the soil that's in him. He's got good dirt in him. He's allowing that fruit to grow and he's proclaiming the truth to these people. And I mean, these are the, they're the ones that he was afraid because if he'd have been captured, he'd have been on the cross with Jesus too, probably. That was his fear. But now he has no fear. He's not afraid. They were trying what to do. And, and, and in verse 19, they, they told him, the Pharisees got together and says, hey, we got to do something. Well, they just warned him because they know Everybody saw the good deed, saw the man healed. There might be a riot if, if they did something to Peter. So they, they decide not to. And so in verse 19, it says, um, But Peter and John replied to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we ourselves cannot help telling what we have seen and heard. They were told not to proclaim the name of Jesus. And they said, mm, can't do that. That's who we are. And that's what we're going to do. I mean, they had boldness. And that's the same thing that you guys can have when you're in school. When someone says, oh, I don't want to hear that. Well, 
in love, if you do it in love and boldness, God will give you openings. He'll, he will allow you to have those opportunities to share. I know uh, I uh, was on my way down here. I was thinking about how I want to close tonight. And uh, a thought popped in my head. And then the sky opened. And there were sunbeams that were coming down, and I took a picture of it. It was like, while I was driving, <laughs> I was at a stoplight. It's okay. Okay. So I didn't break the law. Uh, God, God put a stoplight in front of me so I could stop and take a picture. It was awesome. It was a timing. But so when I was 12 years old, I started drinking. I mean, I... No, that's not something. Huh? No, no, what? Alcohol. Alcohol. At 12? Okay, at 12. Um, I was at a wedding. My my mother's an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic on both sides of my family. I have two uncles that are alcoholics. Um, I have two cousins that died in alcohol-related accidents, one on his wedding night. Um, Alcohol was tough in my family. Um, I, uh, it kept me from living a life that God wanted me to have. When I asked him into my heart, I still kept drinking. And I never grew in my faith because my soil was dirty. My soil had problems. I was, give, I was listening to the world rather than listening to God. And it took me 19 years. But when I was 31, God got a hold of me. I've been sober 30, almost 33 years. It'll be 33 years in October. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty excited. Um, God, has, God has done a miracle in my life and in many people's lives, and I've, I've had the opportunity to share hope with a lot of people in my life. And uh, one of the kids that I worked with, I got to know him because he... Uh, when he was 14 years old, he and two other friends uh, trashed a school bus. <laughs> Literally got in and tore the seats up and just trashed it. I mean, it was $3,500 worth of damage um, 25 years ago, which was quite a while ago. And uh, these guys were in trouble, and their parents made him come to Youth for Christ. <laughs> And, I mean, I got to know these guys. I spent time with them. Um, Two of them got saved and got baptized, and one of them never did. He kind of would come with them, but he was Catholic, and he just didn't want anything to do with anything that wasn't Catholic. And he would come, and he would be with his friends, but his life never changed. AJ had a problem with alcohol. Um, his friends called me um, last August and said, AJ's homeless. He's living on the streets. Please call him. Please help him. You're the only one we know that can help him. We've prayed about it. And <laughs> so I get a phone call, right? You know, his name's AJ. And AJ Lecour. He's not a liquor, but he's a liqueur. Um, 
it just comes out. You know, I'm here all night. So, yeah, I called him and I talked to him and, and he was drunk. And I just told him, you know, he, he has two children. He has a wife. He got kicked out. He had gone through seven treatment programs and just couldn't. Every time he got out, the first bar he went by, he would stop and get drunk. Um, alcohol is tough. If you don't have good soil, it's, you, can't, you can't overcome it. You just can't. It's a hard thing. Um, he went through detox 13 times. Um, yeah. Um, in October of last year, he showed up in Butte. God told him he needed to go to Butte. It was cold outside. He had a sleeping bag and a, a hoodie <laughs> and shorts. And he, he hitchhiked the ride. It was snow on the ground. It was cold. It was October last year. I don't know if you remember. And it wasn't last year. It was a year before. It was a year and a half. Almost two years ago. And he, uh, he showed up um, at a town pump. And uh, he tried calling me. He was out in Rocker. And uh, it was a Sunday. <laughs> my phone was turned off. It vibrated, but didn't wake me up. So he called his, his uncle, who lives here in Butte, and he picked him up and took him to the hospital because <clears throat> he was anemic at the time. He was drinking 24 White Claws a day. Um, his liver was shutting down. He had cirrhosis of the liver, and he, uh, he was dying. Every time he drank, I don't know if you guys know this, but alcohol is poison. It's ethyl alcohol, and it kills you. And if you drink too much of it, it will kill you. Um, he, uh, <clears throat> he's, uh, he went to the hospital. Hello? We okay? We good? So he went to the hospital, and, and he's... He, he got a blood transfusion. I went in and I prayed with him and I saw him a few times that week. And on Wednesday, um, he was getting out and he was going to, uh, no, I think it was, somehow he was there seven days. And then he went to a, he was going to go into another treatment program, MCDC. And he went in, he was there for a day. I, I was there the morning that he went in and I get a phone call the next day. It was Tuesday, and it was that Columbus Day. So we get that day off. Um, state employee, so I was at home. And I get a call, and he says, hey, it's AJ. He says, I said, AJ, at MCDC, you can get the phone for 30 days. You don't get to call anybody. And he called me, and I'm like, what are you doing calling me? He says, well, I left. <laughs> All right. Now, Keep in mind, my wife had told me that no, no alcoholics in the house, you know, because she had to deal with me, okay? <laughs> she knew it was hard, you know? And, and so I, I said, so what's up? And he said, uh, I walked away. All right, what's going on? He says, John, he says, I've been through treatments. I know what to do. 
I know what to do. And I had prayed with him while he was in the hospital. And I knew he'd prayed a prayer. And I knew he wanted to change. And I knew that something was going on, but I wasn't sure it happened yet. And he said, I just need to, to do it on the outside. I can't do it on the inside. I got to do it on the outside. Because as soon as I get out, the first thing I want to do is drink. I got I to do it. And so we prayed and I said, well, where are you at? And he told me where he was. And I said, you want me to pick you up? He said, yeah, because it was cold. So I went and picked him up and he, he comes over to my house and we pray and I call my wife and she said, yeah, I can spend the night because he's sober. He's been sober for, for eight days now, maybe nine. And uh, I took him to an AA meeting that evening and I went to a referees meeting and then uh, went home and we talked and we prayed with him and he went to bed. And uh, my wife and I prayed and my wife had heard from the Lord that AJ had a spirit of fear about him. Not a, not a fruit of the spirit, but a spirit of fear. And uh, she needed to pray for him. And so we, we prayed over it, but AJ was asleep downstairs. And I had to get up and go to work in the morning. And so I got up and went to the work in the morning. And then at about 12 o'clock, I got a call from AJ. And he said, hey, my dad's on the way, way down. He's going to come pick me up. He's going to take me home. His dad had told him that he had to be sober for three months before he could come home because he's destroyed the family and his kids and everything else. Anyway, he, uh, he said, Don prayed for me this morning. She told me I had a spirit of fear. And, and she, had, she had told me later that she talked with him and she said, when she told him that he had a spirit of fear, his, his face just went blank, just white. And he said, I do, I'm afraid all the time. That's why I drink. She said, well, you want to get rid of it? He said, yeah. And so she just laid a hand on him and said, spirit of fear, you need to leave this man right now in Jesus' name. And he said, something just lifted off him. Just, he can't explain it. He just started crying. He just started sobbing. And he's never drank since. I mean, I talked to him once a month. Yeah, he's sober. But... His soil's good. He reads the Bible. He's, he's spending time with his kids, wife and kids. And, you know, it's something that if you listen to God and you hear what he has to say, he's going to give you opportunities to help people. I, I can't tell you the number of people that I've, I've had the opportunity to be available and I listen to God. And, and he's willing to help you if you're willing to listen. If you just... But you got to start listening now. Jada, if you don't start listening now, you're not going to get it. You're going to struggle till you're 31 or beyond. You may never get it. you got to listen now. Because now's the day of salvation. Now's the time that God wants you. Because this world's a tough place right now. I mean, it's always been a tough place. But right now, there's never been anxiety like there is today. There's never been depression like there is today. There's ne that I know of in my lifetime. I mean, it just wasn't there. And now it's there. It's in everybody's face. And you hear people talk about it all the time. But God's come to give you a spirit of peace. That's one of the fruits of the spirit. 
and peace will help you to overcome anxiety. It'll help you to overcome depression. If you get, if you get joy, you're not going to be depressed. When you, when you get an opportunity to worship and you find joy in worship, you're not going to be depressed. It, it'll bring you out of it, I promise you. That's God's hand. That's what he loves. He loves you. So let's finish with that. Father God, thank you that you're faithful, that you open up the heavens to us, that you show the light, that you are the light of the world, Jesus. You are, you are all it takes for us to help to grow. That if we would just let you cultivate our soil, would let you speak to our hearts, that we would listen. You said that let everyone have ears hear it. Lord, help us to hear it. Help us to hear your voice when you speak to us. God, you are, you are faithful. We just, just lift everybody up here tonight and just pray you help them to grow in Jesus' name. Amen.